Time of Tennessee. What of it? We ain't wanting people around here who sell their votes. I don't have to sell mine, mister. I got a business of my own. Smart, Eddie, huh? What do you say, boys? We give him a lift out of town. Yeah, Take your hands off of him. Well, who might you be? Nothing to you. I just said keep your hands off. You talk mighty big for one man. What right have you got to butt into this? I'll tell you, you pack of coyotes. A man born in this country is an American. Don't forget that. It's his right to go where he pleases, and it's my business to... Come on. Let me give you a hand, mister. Thanks. Where'd you come from? Been following you around all morning. What for? Cowboy, ain't you? Yeah. Texas, why? Gentlemen, every man was designed to fight. How you fight depends upon your wiring. And what we want to do this morning is look at at a man's wiring. We want to look at the important but invisible world of how you're wired. And to do that reminds me of a a story uh, back in uh, Mississippi, Tupelo, Mississippi. It's a story of an air traffic controller. It was his very first day on the job. And uh, there were planes swirling around the Tupelo, Mississippi airport. I mean, his radar screen was lit up like a Christmas tree. Well, it didn't faze him. He's excited. He jumps into the job. And so he he sits down and immediately gets on the radio. And he says, Beechcraft, 9 or 4 6, you're cleared to, to land on runway 1 West. And so the Beechcraft acknowledges, okay. And he banks in and he drops his landing gear and he starts to make his approach when he hears that same southern air traffic controller say, uh, Cessna, 247, you're cleared to land on runway 1 east. Well, well the guy in the Beechcraft, I mean, he, he thinks, what, is this guy nuts? He gets on the radio. He says, what are you trying to do? I mean, you've cleared me to run to land on runway 1 west, and you've cleared that Cessna to land on the other end of the runway heading my direction. I mean, are you nuts? You're going to kill both of us. And there's just silence on the other end. And then he hears, well, you all be careful out there, you hear? Did you know a man's wiring is a lot like being an air traffic controller. Uh, I mean, uh, that was his first day on the job, but as an air traffic controller, he's got a bazillion things going on at one time, and a man's got a bazillion things. I mean, you've got issues and decisions swirling around you, like planes trying to land at DFW. I mean, your life is packed, it's pressured, it's harried, and it's hurried. And in that kind of environment, gentlemen, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to make mistakes, sometimes some major mistakes, to chase fantasies rather than live the real adventure that you were created to live. I mean, every day, you and I are faced with making decisions, uh, giving direction to a family, 
and yet in the midst of all that decision-making, all that direction, we can not get our heads up and we can lose our way, our direction. Uh, so we've asked the question the uh, past several weeks, how can a man pursue a real adventure rather than giving himself up to what proves to be dead ends? How do you pursue that real adventure? And that's what we want to look at this morning. And to answer that question, it's easy. It depends. It all depends upon a man's wiring. Wiring is everything to a man. Every man has a wiring that energizes him. I mean, the better the wiring, the more energy he receives, the better the adventure. The poorer the wiring, the more short circuits and blackouts he'll experience in his life. If you look at your notes, you'll notice that diagram there. Did you know that's a schematic, a schematic of a man's wiring? And we're going to look at that this morning. For every man, it begins with three things across the middle of that diagram. The first to your far left is your birth, your design. Every person comes into this world unique with certain capabilities, talents, abilities, with certain motivations that are based upon that schematic, your wiring. I I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 139. He says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully amazed. Wonderfully made. Now, I don't know if you feel like that, but every person in this room has been fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, You're special. You're unique. You have certain things uh, that need to be expressed, certain abilities, certain creativities that need to be given flight, that need to be given wing in your life. You've been endowed with those things, but not just endowed to be equal, but endowed to be special, to make a contribution, to be a difference maker in this world. Every man has been created with that in mind. That's what the Scripture says. You see, life starts with your design, but then what follows, secondly, naturally, are your pursuits. They're the things that are based upon your design. They're the things that make you come alive uh, every day. They stimulate life because they're in accordance, in line with that design you've been given. Now, if you live out life well, that if you live that design out well, if you pursue the things that you were created to do in life, then you come to the end, you die, you leave a legacy, having done the things you were created to do, having lived the adventure you were created to live. Now, that's in a perfect world. The problem is, as you well know, we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fallen world. And so you need to realize that that wiring has been skewed a little. So we want to explore that wiring that was a part of the original design, the original adventure. And that wiring begins with past experiences because past experiences have a lot to say about present wiring. In other words, everyone's past has positives in it. And those positives, they combine with your design and they lead to certain pursuits in your life. That may be your upbringing. Let's say you were brought up in a good family, a great family, and you have that as a great asset as you begin life, and that good family ends up enhancing your engagement in life. 
Maybe you experienced some successes early on in life. And what you've done is you've built upon those successes, and now you're pursuing a whole new life in the present because of the experience you had in building upon those successes in the past. I mean, it could be friends that you have in life that have opened doors for you. It could be the faith that you embrace. Uh, Maybe you did that years ago that's now impacting the pursuit in the present. Or maybe it's the morality you decide to live by, or it could be the discipline you developed as you grew up in that family. All those things are positives in the past that add to and enhance your pursuit of the present. On the other hand, a lot of our past is filled with negatives. You have negatives in the past, and you could define those as wounds and unfinished business that still linger. That's one way to look at them. Several years ago, I noticed a a little pinprick, a, a black mark, right on my cheek. I mean, every time I shaved every morning, I looked at that, and I just kind of ignored it. But it was there every morning. After a couple months of looking at that, I thought, you know, I need to get that checked out. So I went into the doc. He looked at it and he said, you know, Doug, that does give me some concern. I think we need to bring in a specialist. Um, I think we need to send this in and get it, you know, analyzed. And then he reached into his drawer and he pulled out a little utensil that looked like something you would um, core a small apple with. And when I saw that in his hand, I said, what are you going to do with that? He said, well, I know it's just a little black mark, just a little pinprick on the surface, but these things send out roots. Those tentacles can impact your whole life. So next thing I knew, it was like he was taking an oil coarse sample out of my cheek as he drilled and drilled and drilled and pulled that thing out. And, and then he sewed it up and we sent that uh, sample in to pathology to get it analyzed. Now I tell you that but because in life as men, we, we take a lot of little pinpricks, uh, little things on the surface, uh, and, and they hit us in life, just like going to the doctor and having that spot removed. They don't look like much in the beginning, but they have roots. Their roots go back to the past, tentacles that spread out and can impact your whole life, infecting everything you do, your pursuits in the present, distorting your design from the past, undercutting your efforts. Those are wounds that haven't been addressed. They are unfinished business that hasn't been tied up in your life. And as I'm talking about it, some of you have just thought of a few things in your own life that are kind of like that. I mean, most of you have heard my story that I've shared in the past that I grew up in a home with a passive, uh, distant dad. Some of you grew up in homes like that with, with a dad that was uninvolved. And as a young boy growing up in that home at a time when you're trying to figure out life and asking the question, what is a man? You take that to the most preeminent person in your life to answer that question. That's your dad. But when I took it to him, there was nothing there. There was just silence. He was there physically, but he wasn't there to engage emotionally. What was there was just a little hole. And that hole over time grew into a wound 
And rather than connecting a father with a son and getting what a son needs from his dad, instead there was a vacuum in my life that I ended up filling with all sorts of stupid adolescent and dysfunctional behavior in high school. And then some of that on into college. You know, since I didn't get my dad's approval, I realized I'd have to look someplace else to get that kind of approval. And part of that search led me into the area of achievement. I learned early on that when I achieved things, people paid attention. And so I concluded that the best way to get love is to achieve stuff. It's probably the underlying motivation of why I excelled in sports in high school, why I went for my master's, why I went for my doctorate and got it. No one in my family had ever gotten their doctorate before. I was the first in my family uh, to do that. And, and, and so you discover that in order to be loved, you've you got to do more and more and more and more, achieve, achieve, achieve. And you stay on that treadmill long enough and suddenly 25 years have gone by and you've lost touch on why you're doing what you're doing. You haven't asked yourself the question, why am I working so hard? Why am I putting in so many hours? I mean, why am I pushing myself? But if you look in the mirror, all you see is just a little dot, a little pinprick. But that pinprick has got roots that go out in your life. I mean, you're alive on the outside, but things are starting to feel dead on the inside, not driven by your desire or your design to the great adventure, but driven by a wound of the past that has been unaddressed. And a lot of guys live their entire life like that. Now, maybe it was in your formative years Mom walked out on dad. Or maybe dad walked out on mom. And that had impact on you. I mean, it left a little pinprick. It left a little hole that didn't seem that big, but it has tentacles that reach out. And, and, and that hole has produced a wound. Or maybe five years ago, you walked out on your wife. And you left a wound. You left a wound in her life and in the life of your kids that they are still dealing with. And you've tried to let enough time go by and you've said, you know, I ought to be able to get over this. I need to put this behind me. But you can never really put that behind you because your kids are a constant reminder of what has happened. And you find yourself wrestling with it time and time again. And you find yourself being defensive. Somebody asks you about it, you feel like you need to justify what you did. And so rather than being a wound that has healed, that wound is just oozing all sorts of pus and stuff all over your life, and it's undercutting and undermining everything you do right now. You see, we've all got a design we've been given, and we all have pursuits. And those pursuits can either be encouraged by our past, or they can be discouraged. That's why I call the negatives in the wiring carryovers. You see, they carry over something every day, depositing it in the present, either assets or either liabilities. They're either taking away from what happens in a day, or they're adding to it. 
And it's important that you hear that because to live the great adventure, that wound, that unfinished business has got to be addressed in your life or you'll never live that great adventure. Now, that leads us kind of to the middle column here. And uh, you notice that it starts with the present lifestyle that we have. That's what's at the top. Now, it says pursuits there in the middle. That, that pursuits, uh, the, the oval there, that's your radar screen. That's what you look at every day. And everything that comes across that screen is affected by, well, your design there in the beginning, how you were created. It's affected by the negatives and the positives you see there in the past. They're all having impact on that screen, whether you're aware of it or not. But you're an air traffic, you're looking at this air traffic control screen, and you need to know that the present is impacted by convictions as well. The convictions you hold, you could call those stabilizers in your life. Now, now that idea of convictions is interesting. There's a lot that's been done in terms of research on convictions in America today, and we've discovered that research shows that most Americans have very few convictions. In fact, most Americans have no convictions at all. I mean, most Americans, their life is just a series of activities, one thing after another, and when they get in the moment, then they determine, they make up their morality, their convictions. And that's what they've learned growing up in this culture in which we live in America. I mean, today it's interesting. Uh, you can be a husband, and you and your wife can want to talk about the the things that you have conviction about in life, and it's becoming harder and harder to talk about those things with your wife or with your kids. Uh, I mean, but because there are no definitives out there about what our convictions should be. And so it's becoming increasingly difficult. I mean, what's our conviction about money? What's our conviction about what we want to produce in our kids' lives? It's becoming difficult. Uh, you know, more and more difficult to talk about those things. Uh, yet it's those things that are going to guide us as we look at that radar screen. You see, convictions are the things you fall back on when you make decisions that allow your plane to keep flying in a good and positive direction. You've probably never heard of Philip Anschutz. He's a billionaire movie producer. He got in the movie... Uh, business because he was concerned about the decline in morality in America. L listen to what he said and what he's observed. He says, people don't go to movies today just to be entertained. They go to decide how to live. That's why I got in the movie business. They go to decide how to live. Do you hear what he's saying? I mean, movies, music, are the most influential mediums in the world today. Americans have really never made up their mind. They have no convictions about life. Instead, they go to, the, to movies and allow the movie industry to tell them how to live. But what the movie industry ends up doing is giving you no convictions. It becomes rootless, and it has no foundation to it. But that's the where, where we are in America. Now, convictions have a great deal to do with a man's wiring and his pursuits. You could say they're a stabilizer in regard to his life. But if you don't have many convictions, then you're not very stable. 
But present-day problems, secondly, also have an impact on our pursuits. Now, they're called destabilizers. Convictions are stabilizers. Problems are destabilizers. So you're trying to land the plane. It's going to be affected by your design, your past, positives and negatives, our present convictions and problems that you're experiencing. Did you know there, there are four problems a man faces in life? I mean, the first is marriage. Second, his career. Third is children. Fourth is his money. How you deal with those problems will determine what you pursue and how well you pursue it. For instance, your marriage has grown cold. I mean, it didn't start out that way, but it's grown cold, and so you need to deal with it. So you, can, you have two options. You can ignore it. That's option one. Or you can deal with it head on. So if you're struggling in any of those four areas, I would encourage you to deal with it because that's what an adventurer does. He gets help. Remember we talked about bringing guys into our life to be kind of like this little personal board of directors, listening to their counsel. That's one of the ways you can deal with it. And one of the wisest books ever written is the book of Proverbs in the Bible. And notice what it says in Proverbs 11. It says, but in a multitude of counselors there is safety. The advice of wise men. On the other hand, in Proverbs 18, it says a man who isolates himself seeks only his desire and, I might add, brings himself great harm. So every day you're making decisions, decisions about life. You've got the carryovers of the past. You've got the design that you were created with and the present problems and convictions. But there's a third category it's what I call future perspectives. Under future perspectives comes my plans. And the reason I have the arrows going back and forth there is because the carryovers of the past can push our pursuits. But on the other side, the plans uh, that we make, those are things that pull our pursuits forward. The carryovers tend to push our pursuits, but our plans tend to pull us forward. But here's the problem. Most guys don't have plans for the future. They have no vision. All they are is impacted by the past. You ask a guy what he's planning on 20 years from now, what his plans are, his vision for the future, and he usually has a blank stare. He doesn't know what it is. I mean, few men have clarity about the future. There's little in a man that is definitive about the future other than I just want it to be better than it is right now. So you're either making decisions in the day-to-day by how you feel in the moment, or they're being driven by the wounds in your life that are unhealed. Unless you have some plans, specifics, vision about the future. And I want you to know, that's no way to live. You can't be an adventurer and live like that. The future should be pulling you toward the finish line where you can look back at your life and say, man, I'm glad I lived like that. I had a lot of bumps, but I'm glad I pursued this direction. Now, our future plans are made up of two things. My dreams is part of it. 
And so under that, you've got to ask yourself this question, what makes me come alive? I mean, do you know? Now, your plan should include what makes you come alive. They should be a part of your dreams. And there's, then there's a second effort in the planning process, and that's God's purposes. Remember the last three weeks we talked about the four adventures that need to be included in our plans in order for us to finish well, to say, I'm glad I lived a life like that. Do you remember those four adventures we've talked about? By the way, if this is your first time to come, I want to encourage you to go back and listen and listen to how those four adventures, these four adventures are fleshed out in your life so you can get a better handle on what we're talking about. Do you remember that first adventure? It was a family adventure where God said we're to reproduce life, and that means we reproduce a nobler life, a life, I mean, a difference-making life in the life of our kids. I mean, that's part of the adventure we get to live. In fact, I want you to see how one man tackled that adventure. Watch the video screen for a second.
Now that's a family adventure. I mean, Dick is living the family adventure. And it's inspiring to see and to live. Uh, Secondly, uh, we said that God wants us to live a noble cause adventure. It's a cause to better this world. I mean, every guy needs to have a sense of calling to his life to make this world a better place. Or he just lives for himself and yourself. That's a small package to live for. So there's a family adventure. There's a noble cause adventure. And then thirdly, we talked about a man-sized fun adventure so that you're enjoying life. And we saw that God gave us this life to be enjoyed. And so that means you need to have a man-sized fun adventure. And then finally, there's a spiritual adventure we all need to be a part of. Now, that's all a man's wiring there on the screen. So at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you've got decisions swirling around your desk as you look at that radar screen. There are so many things that need uh, to come to some kind of uh, conclusion or you need to launch them in a different direction. Ten issues are swirling around. Now, what I want you to know is what you do, how you make those decisions, whether you're aware of it or not, is impacted by what's on the screen, your wiring. It's impacted by your birth and your design. It's impacted by the past, your positives and negatives, whether it's unfinished business or wounds. Uh, It's impacted by your present, the problems you face right now, and the convictions you hold. It's impacted by the future, the plans you're thinking about tomorrow, and the dreams that come along after that. That wiring all plays in at that moment on that radar screen as you're making decisions. But there's another part of the diagram that we need to talk about, and that part talks about our death and the legacy we leave behind. And let me just say, if if the wiring on the diagram is good and you make those decisions well, then you end up living a satisfying life. You end up living the adventure that you were created to live. But if the wiring has short-circuited in different places, then what you end up defaulting to is that half-life manhood we've talked about. It ends up being a dead end, and you're not going to enjoy life the way it was meant to be enjoyed. Now now we'll jump to the next part of the diagram. Uh, The Scriptures has a final element. It's not just death that leaves behind a legacy, but it also moves you to an eternity where there is a destiny. And that's one of the biggest questions a man will have to wrestle with in his life that will have major impact on your wiring. So what happens when you die? And how you answer that question will have huge impact on how you live today. For so many men, that issue is an issue they don't want to think about. They just want to put it off. I mean, how would I know if I had to decide? How, how do can I be sure I'm making the right decision? But everybody in this room has got an appointment with death sometime in the future. And how you think about that will impact the decisions you make today. Is this life an end and there's nothing else? Or is it a portal to another life? That's out there. That's a huge question. Uh, 
In other words, is there a destiny for me? And is that destiny, what does it look like? What does it feel like for me? Now, that's the final category. So you got birth on one end of the spectrum over there on the far left, and that area really answers the question, who am I? That's one of the fundamental questions we started with four weeks ago. Then the pursuits in the middle really answer the question, why am I here? That's the second fundamental question we started with. And then the death, legacy, eternal, eternity, destiny end of the, of the circuit board, that answers the question, where am I going? And a man has got to flesh all that out because where he's going determines how he lives today. Now, as you digest this, here's what I would like to do. You've got a pen in hand. I want you to pretend your pen is a circuit um, tester. And that diagram you've got right there in front of you, that's the circuit board. And so we're going to take that pen and use it to test the wiring on that circuit board in your life. Okay, the positives and the negatives, the pluses and the minuses. So we're going to test that. So look at that diagram. Put your pen on the far left where it says birth and design. Okay, let's test that. Okay, here's the question. Do you know your design? Do you know your talents? Do you know your strengths? Do you know what makes you special? Do you know what energizes you and makes you come alive so that when you do that, it just feels like life is in sync? If the answer to that is no... Then you've got to put a negative there. If it's, yeah, yeah, i got a good handle on that. I know myself pretty well. Then you can put a positive. So you need to evaluate yourself right now. Just go ahead. Put a plus or a minus. D- do you know your design? Okay, take your tester. Okay, put it over past positives down there at the bottom. If you were raised in a good home, if you were taught values and you're using those values uh, today in your life and embracing them, then you can put a plus there. That's a positive charge. But but if you were raised in a good home and uh, you've kind of drifted away from those values, you say, you know, I really don't believe in all that. I don't need those moral standards anymore in my life. Then... Basically, you've discarded the positive that's there, so you need to put a negative. So evaluate yourself there. Positive charge or negative charge? You get to decide. Do you see how that works? Okay, take your tester. Uh, Put it over past negatives. Uh, Go all the way up to the top. And if there were wounds in your life and unfinished business that tend to impact your present, you need to put a negative charge there. But but I'll say you had wounds in your life, uh, and you've identified where the wounds are, and you understand their impact, and maybe you've gone to some counseling or you've dealt with those wounds. You've grieved what you didn't get. And if that's the case, even though you had a bad experience in your past, you can put a positive charge there because you're dealing with that unfinished business. You know, for me to look back and interact with my dad rather than just becoming angry and mad. Or, like many guys, just sullen and just wanting to avoid your dad. 
But instead of that, it meant that I needed to engage with my dad. I had to step up and say, I, I, I want a relationship with you, dad. So I had to take the bull by the horns, and I needed to pursue him. So I worked honestly through the disappointment and the hurt of not having an engagement with my dad. It took several years, and it took a number of experiences. And, I, and I've shared a number of those things with you when we went through the quest through authentic manhood. Or maybe for you, you've never heard your dad say, I love you, son. I admire you. Man, you're accomplishing great things. And that's left a void in your life. And you've wondered, will I ever hear that? And you've kind of waffled on it. I don't need to hear that. I know I'm doing okay. But no, you do, because he's your dad. And so... You need to be a man. You need to step up. You need to go to him and ask him for it. Men initiate. So be a man. Step up. Go to him and ask him. And say, Dad, I've just never heard you say that you love me. Man, some of you have done that. I mean, you've taken, some of you have taken a plane trip across the whole United States, sat down with your dad and said, Dad, I, I, I just want to ask you one question. Do, do you love me? And then you were pleasantly surprised to find your dad look at you and say, Son, you know I do. I'm sorry, I haven't told you that much. In fact, not very often at all. I'm not good at that. But I want you to hear me say right now, I love you. And I admire you. And so suddenly, through that process, that negative charge began to change, and now it's a positive charge. Okay, you go to your present problems, that area. Take your tester and, and hold it over there. By the way, everybody's got problems. Nobody's perfect. But the question is, are you addressing those problems? So you're struggling in your marriage. And... You're talking honestly about it with your spouse. And maybe you have a couple men in your life and you've told them some of the things you're struggling with and they're encouraging you in a positive direction to, to go see a pastor or maybe a counselor. And you've gone through a little therapy and you're making some progress. Well, you have a positive charge. You can put a positive there. On the other hand, you've got problems at home, but the secretary is starting to look good at the office. Well, you've got a negative charge. And that negative charge is going to become a shocking charge to you. It's going to be like you're hit with 220 if you act on that, and it's going to impact your life for the rest of your life if you're not careful. Well, let's say in the area of money. I mean, some people are good with money. Some people are not so good. You're struggling with money. You find yourself in trouble. Do you keep going down the same path you always do, trying to solve it, but it never works? That's a negative charge. Or have you found a few guys who are pretty wise with money, who, who can advise you? Or maybe you have signed up for Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey or Crown Ministries, and you and your wife are going through that together. You're taking that negative charge and you're turning it into a positive charge. You can put a positive there. Look at that area of present convictions. If I were to ask you to sit down and give me a list of your convictions, I'm not talking about just what you believe. A conviction is backed up with action. That tells you it's a conviction. So it's not just what you believe. It's what you follow through with your actions. That's a real conviction. Are you able 
to communicate your convictions or do you find yourself kind of fumbling around guessing at one or two? If that's the case, you've got a negative charge. But if you have definite convictions, things that you hold to, and you are living those out at home and family and in your faith, your job, your career, your money, through your morality, then you've got a positive charge. So you need to put a positive plus there. And then take your pen put it over future plans. If you have definite plans that are pulling you forward into the future and you can see a finish line, in other words, you can visualize at your funeral what people would say about you about what kind of friend you were, and it's positive, or what type of husband you were, or what kind of dad you were, or colleague. And what you hear them say in your mind's eye is concrete, and it's honoring. If you can picture that in your mind, then you've got a positive charge. On the other hand, if what your future looks like is is just kind of a gray fog, then you've got a negative charge. You had not thought about the future. And then in relationship to death, if that scares you, well, that's a negative charge. But if death feels like, has a sense of allure to it, a destiny that you are looking forward to, that's a positive charge. Now, to live the adventure, what that means is you've got to have positive charges in that middle column, those pursuits on that radar screen, and the more positive charges you have coming in from a multiplicity of directions, here's what I can guarantee you, then you're an adventurer. That determines the adventure. But if you look at that sheet, and what stands out is a super negative over here. Well, that's the place you need to address first. That's where the adventurer would go. That tells you your next adventure. You address that first, and an adventurer clears up those short circuits, and he doesn't rest until he's got a positive charge there. That tells you where your adventure lies in the near future. So as we finish, I want to make four quick observations about this. My first is knowing my design is critical for understanding and rightly positioning my life. Now, that's critical to know your design. So at Christmas break, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to go online to Servants by Design and take an assessment that's there that will give you your design, your, your abilities, your strengths, your potential weaknesses, your downsides, your personality. It's going to cost you only 35 bucks, but it's going to be a boatload of information for you, and it'll help you understand yourself and rightly position yourself in life. Now, secondly, this is just foundational. The past is always with us for good or for bad. The past can empower your present, or if you've got negatives and unresolved issues there, and whether you know it or not, they're scripting your present every day. They're scripting how you live, so those have got to be addressed. I mean, I've known men who have made incredible amounts of money, who are 60 and 70 years old, and they're still putting in 80-hour work weeks. And you've got to ask yourself, why? Well, they're trying to run from the poverty they had as a child that is still haunting them. Instead of using their vast wealth to impact this world 
they still think they haven't accumulated enough of it, so they're driven back to the salt mites again and again and again, trying to escape the demon of their past to put more distance between them and the poverty that embarrassed them as a kid. And I'm telling you, that's no way to live. That's an unfinished business of the past. Or I know guys who have really defined their life by trying to live up to dad's expectations. And so they're doing more and more and more, trying to get dad to come out of the grave and say, I admire you, son. Is that any kind of way to live? Those are issues of the past that have to be dealt with. You see, unless you resolve those things, you're never going to be the adventurer that you were meant to be. Instead, you'll be a wounded male living a half-life manhood. They have to be addressed. Letter C, how you see and embrace the future affects our lives much more than most of us know. Is this all there is or is there more? How how well you see the future and the quality of a man's life, they go hand in hand, hand in glove. I mean, they're one in the same, and you need to know that. And then finally, a wise adventurer always lives with the end in mind. Now, some of you read Stephen Covey's book that came out a decade or so ago uh, called First Things First. In it, he makes a statement that an effective person begins with the end in mind. Listen to what he says. To begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means you know where you're going so you can better understand where you are now and what steps are in the right direction. Uh, We may be very busy, very efficient, but we're only truly effective when we begin with the end in mind. Now, that's where where we're going to start next week. We want to begin with the end in mind, and so what I want to do is put color on all that, and I think you're going to find it exciting. You're going to find it as part of your adventure. Now, Now, some of you have been sitting here the whole time and wondering what this is up here. Well, I, th- I think this is a good illustration of two different times, types of lives, two different lifestyles. I mean, this represents a guy who really doesn't know his design. Uh, he's got issues in the past, but he's not dealing with them. Uh, he didn't take advantage of some of the positives in the family that he grew up in. I mean, it's left some holes in his life. He's got a problem in his marriage, but he's not dealing with it at all. He's ignoring it. He's got no convictions. He doesn't know where the hell he's going in the future. Would you open that life? (laughs) You'll run into this guy all day long today. He'll be in the office with you. He'll be in the business appointment. He'll be with you at lunch. Some of you will look in the mirror and see him. Or uh, there is this. This represents a guy who doesn't, doesn't face pressures as much as he faces deposits in his life. I mean, he knows his design. He grew up in a divorced home, but... He's grieved what he lost there, and he's dealt with it. I mean, this is a guy who has a problem at work, and it's wearing him out. Instead of trying just to work it out on his own, what he does is go and find two or three other guys who've been down that road before, and he's listening to their advice. And so as a result, he's got a plan that he's working, and he has thought about his future. 
and he's got dreams. And those dreams are starting to become a reality. And he's looked in the Scripture, and he has bought into the adventures we're talking about, the four adventures, and he wants to live those adventures. And when he dies, he knows exactly where he's going. Now the question is, which man are you? Now, if you, you find yourself over here, I, I want to help you this year. Uh, take those liabilities and turn them into deposits. But it's going to require you stick with me all year for all 20 sessions. And we'll get there. So we're going to take a break and uh, ask you to meet in your groups. Uh, you're going to share a little bit about that negative and positive. And I've given you a few questions to discuss. If you need to be in a group, and I want to encourage you guys, this is critical, being in a group and talking about this with other men. It's amazing what you learn when you hear yourself talk and then you hear other guys talk. Uh, if you need to be in a group, uh, come up here and I'll make sure you get in one. And uh, we'll see you guys back next week.